need to be connected. Amen. And tonight we're going to share a little bit. We're going to share a, a, a little bit on this, this thought or maybe this idea that, that says we need each other. We, you need, we need each other. We, can't, we, we need Jesus, you know, but, but we need each other. And, and it, there's a whole world out there that feels isolated and alone. You get married, like our friends Chris and Brittany right over here. You can give them, give them a hand. They just got married on Saturday. Chris and Brittany crying. Woo! Good stuff. You get married, things are great, you know, and then uh, you got to keep, you got to keep coming to church. You got to keep being connected. You got to keep being in the right place because the enemy is trying to isolate you and to separate you from the body of Christ. And he does it slowly and he does it little by little. And he's very, he's very sly and he knows how to do it. And if you don't, I'm telling you, there are a lot of people who go home at night and they pray, God. Give me a friend. God, send somebody into my life to help me. Send somebody into my life. Now, they know where the help is coming from. It's coming from the Lord because they're going home and they're praying and saying, God, I need you. But listen, there are, there are, there are a dozen focus groups, 13 focus groups, that give us an opportunity as a body to get involved, to get plugged in so that we can have community and be connected, so that we can grow in our relationship with God, and so that we can reach out and develop an ability to touch others as we go out into this world. So we're going to share just a little bit. It doesn't necessarily go along with all the focus groups and all those things, but it does talk about the idea that, that we need each other. We need God, definitely, but we need each other. And uh, I'd asked Elizabeth this morning, you know, if she had anything on her heart to share, and this was kind of down that alley, and she was just going to share for a little while, then I was going to share a message, but I felt just to do this with her today so I can keep an eye on her. Uh, so, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whatever. No, uh, I, I was just, you know, I was praying about uh, where we're going and what we're doing and how all this ties together and, and, the, and the focus groups and praying over those that, that the right people will be in the right place and that because we weren't intended to do this walk to, alone. We were intended to do it together. And, and um, you know, you're going, to, you're going to face things. You're going to be in struggles. You're going to be in opportunities where you need someone to fight with you. Where you need someone to say, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, why are you doing that? That seems so odd. From the outside, I can tell you're struggling, you know, and, and, you know, those, I, I, and I teach seventh grade, so I have a lot of those moments in the day where I go, really? Okay, well, let's see how we can fix that. But, uh, <laughs> but when you get together as, as friends and when you get together as family, I mean, we're called the family of God for a reason. Mm -hmm. Because we're connected together. And families do things for each other that they don't do for other people. It's just a truth. I mean, I can call my sister and I can say, this is what I need. And if it is within her power, she will get it for me. Mm -hmm. she, will, she would be there for me. I mean, that's just the way family works. You do what you need to do to take care of the ones that are around you. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was reminded of the story in Exodus 
It says in Exodus 17, 10, it says, So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. That's that's kind of a hard predicament. I mean, you're Moses and you're like, okay, (laughs) we're winning, you know, but you know... Even in praise and worship, you're standing there, you're like, mm, my hand's been up there a long time. I don't know. You know, it, but you, you fight. Yeah, <laughs> you fight. And you're thinking, you know, as long as I stay in God's presence, as long as I stay in his will, as long as I do these things, I see my life prospering. And we get to a point where it's like, oh, I'm so tired. And and as, and as his arms came down, the Amalekites began to win. And so... He had surrounded himself with people who were willing to do what was necessary to see the victory. Because it says in the next part, it says, When Moses' hands grew tired, they took up a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. Mm -hmm. There's going to be times in your life where your hands are tired. Where, where you need someone to come alongside you and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Let's just, you know, we'll hold your hands up. It's okay. We can do this. And together we can get this done. Mm-hmm. See, we're a family. Yeah. And if you don't know who's in your family, then it's hard to fight with them. It's hard to lift someone's arms up if they just continue to say, I'm fine. <laughs> it's all good. You know, but it takes being willing to be open and being willing to be transparent with people. And that's what the focus groups do. They get you in a place where you become comfortable, mm-hmm. where you can become familiar, where you can become a part of something other than these green chairs on mm-hmm. Wednesday and Sunday. Yeah. It becomes a family. And and then at the end it said, so his hands were made stage till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites with the sword. There's victory when we work together. Mm -hmm. There's victory when we encourage each other. There's victory when we say, really? (laughs) That's what you were thinking? All right, whatever. (laughs) But it's, it's in the togetherness that we achieve the victory. It's in the togetherness. You know, our help does come from the Lord. The Lord has called us to speak into other people's lives. But every once in a while, that life is going to be yours. That somebody speaks into. Every once in a while, you know, it's a, it's a relying on each other thing. We're a family. We all have gifts and we all have talents. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, you know, that, that basically we all, we all need each other. The body of Christ needs each one of us if we're going to be effective in, in winning this world for Jesus Christ. If we're going to be effective in this community for bringing people into the kingdom, well, it's going to take everybody. It's not just the pastor's job. It's just not, you know, the guy sitting next to his job. It's, it, it's all of our jobs, and we're all gifted differently. And so as we work together, it says as the body works together, it, it works well. But when the body doesn't work together, basically when your eye wants to be a tongue or when your eye wants to be an ear, there's a real problem. Everybody has to do the job that they're called to do and be a part of the body of Christ. And the world, the enemy, has worked overtime to isolate each, each of us. He is after us. We, we, 
if you're in an older generation and as you go down, it gets more and more isolated the more you go down. You would think that as you grow older, you would get more and more isolated. But the world has changed, and the enemy with these phones and iPads and stuff has, has driven people to isolation. You don't have to be sitting in your house by yourself to feel alone. When you look out at the, at, the, at the restaurant and you look over at the family of four and they're all spinning through their phone and not talking to each other, that, there's a problem. It's isolation. And it's, it's a cutting off. And that's how the enemy, that's how a lion hunts, right? A lion goes after the pack and then he isolates the one. He isolates the one that's weaker, the one that's sicker, the one that he's after, the one that's younger or whatever that might be. And I'm telling you, he's doing that in the body of Christ as well. And, and, and through a bunch of different ways and a bunch of different reasons. One of them says, hey, I'm doing all right. Selfishness. I'm all right. I listen online. I, I pay attention to what's going on. I, I watch, you know, my, I watch people on TV. I read books. I, 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 I'm with you. I've heard people say, you know, they've said, they've said to me, hey, Pastor John, great message. I think I haven't seen you in six months. Yeah, I listen online every Sunday. Well, where are you? Well, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing all right. I just, I, I just listen online. Dude, get connected because you're getting isolated, and that's a problem. And because we have all of these opportunities and we have the Internet and we have all these things which are great, it, it's allowed us to, to live in a virtual world that's not real. And, and the enemy is using it to splinter us and to keep us from being connected to keep us from being effective for the body of Christ. So part of the focus group thing is to bring people together for that reason. Relationship, that connection. And I've shared this with a few people, and I've had some conversations with Corey. Do you remember Tom Hanks in, in, in the movie Castaway? You know, I don't watch a lot of movies, man. She watches them all. But I remember this. Remember, he was on the plane, right? And he ends up on this deserted island all by himself. What happens to him? He goes nuts, right? I mean, we're talking about the crazy train, you know, on Sundays. But, but he, 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 begins to go, he begins to go crazy. He talks to a volleyball, names him Wilson. And he talks to Wilson. Ask Wilson what he thinks. All, I'm telling you, the enemy will isolate you because he, he wants to make you crazy. There's something about being around people and being connected in a group that helps us stay focused on what, is, what God's speaking, what he's doing, and the direction he's taking us. I say, and this is just my own personal thing, being with people, having friends, and being connected in relationships that are positive and going in the right direction, it knocks off the crazy edges. It allows you not to get off into an isolated world because your friend says, listen, you haven't been to church in six months. Where you been? People slip off and disappear. They unconnect themselves. Hey, 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 go find out where they are, where they've been. Get connected with them again. Don't convict them. Love them. Jesus came to take all the scattered sheep and bring them together. The enemy comes to scatter. He's the one who wants to take things and split them all up. Jesus took the disciples and sent them out. But then he sent out the 70 and he sent out the 120 and he sent them out two by two in groups and in pairs. 
Why? So there would, there would be that strength in numbers. There would be that opportunity to work together. There would be that opportunity to have gifts complementing each other, not just a lone wolf out there doing their own thing. I'm telling you, the enemy is after. He's after you, and he'll do it through isolation. And I know you're sitting here, and you're thinking, yeah, but that is not my personality. How many of you are those fun-loving, gotta-have-somebody-with-you-all-the-time, great people who love to talk and who are so outgoing that you, and nobody's waving their hands? There's a few of you. Right, there you go. See, handful. The rest of us are like, you people are weird. Stay away from me, because that kind of freaks me out. We already have a propensity when we're in the flesh. We already have a propensity to isolate ourselves. You know people, they're wallpaper. I mean, they, they, you don't even notice them in the room. And they're just floating through life. Now, I come from an education background where I taught for 13 years. She's been teaching for 14 or 15 years. And so we see this in kids. But I'm telling you, now that we've been in the church for a long time and doing this, you see it in adults too. I I see it in adults. I hear it in adults. You know, the one thing I'm hearing from people over and over more than I ever have before is I need somebody to hold me accountable and to be a friend. I I am hearing people say that to me. it, it, It wasn't like that years ago, but it's becoming more and more. What happens is people's lives are becoming a disaster and becoming unraveled and becoming a shipwreck, and they realize, I can't do this on my own. Yes, I need Jesus. Yes, you need Jesus. But I'm telling you, there is something about somebody coming alongside of you, just like it was with Aaron and her and Moses, and saying, look, I'm here for you. We're here for you. If you're a guy, and you got things going on, and you, you just say, man, I, 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 wanna, I, wanna, I, I just need somebody just to, to be around and to connect with, then come on 6.30 Tuesday nights to Brad's group. Come at 7, I mean, 7 o'clock in the morning on, on Saturdays early. But hey, do you want to be connected? Or do you want to be pray for the enemy and be isolated? You know, we've got a lot of couples opportunities. We have a, the over 50s group. You know, we have all that stuff where it's, you know, people who can come and get. Those aren't just so we can have things to put in the bulletin. Those are so folks can get connected. We don't need to fill up a piece of paper. Uh, you know, we just, we, that's, that's for us to get connected so we get to know people. It does all of those things. It helps build community. It helps build connections. Those things also help us develop in our relationship with God. And they also help us develop an ability to reach others. Because like we're going to talk about with the men, it's this idea that says my relationship with him, my relationship with you, and our relationship with them. Because that's what ultimately it's all about. Yeah, and if you're going to be in a place where you're asking for friends, friends, one of the one of the best things that they do is um, it talks about uh, in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. it says iron sharpens iron. So a friend sharpens a friend. And it's about, you know, being in that place of vulnerability so that someone can speak into your life. And um, that's not an easy place to let yourself be, to be open enough to have someone 
be able to speak into your life. And I, I really commend people who are very good at this. I mean, I know a couple of people that just like, yeah, tell me where I'm wrong and they don't take it personally and all that kind of stuff. But me personally, I take it personally. Well, because it is, <laughs> that's personal. It's about me. Like I'm the one messing up and you know, and we, we tell that to kids all the time. Like I'm, I'm standing in my seventh hour class. Now I know when I say don't take this personally, that's just a waste of my time because you are, and I know you're going to be mad at me and I know you're going to be upset with me because I'm going to have to tell you that you're not doing what you need to right now. Like some of you aren't hitting the mark and I know you're going to be ticked, but that's part of my job. And you know, when you get in this place, when you get in a place of openness, there is going to be some times where either God's going to tell you or someone else is going to say, Hey, have you ever thought about this? And it's going to be like, Oh, they're so mean, <laughs> but it's not, it's not like that at all. It's just, you have to be willing to be open. You have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to let people speak into your life without not liking them <laughs> because it's not, it's not about, you know, them, but it's about when you build that relationship, when you're in a friendship with someone, when you're in a, a place where you said, you know, I'm just going to. I'm going to go and I'm going to let God speak. Sometimes God speaks through other people. So rebukes are going to come, but it's not the end of the world. You know, and I, when, you know, it happens, John is really good at, at being that, that person for me. And, and, <laughs> but that's not a bad thing. It's not. So, and we all need that. We all need somebody to tell us that, Hey, really? You said really? Okay. Um, but it says in Proverbs twenty eight twenty three, it says, in the end, people appreciate honest criticism far more than flattery. Just being honest about it, not hurtful, not mean, but, and that's what it's about. And it says in Proverbs 29, 1, it says, whoever stubbornly refuses to accept criticism will suddenly be re destroyed beyond recovery. It makes you better in Proverbs twenty eight twenty six. If you want to just read through Proverbs, it'd be like, oh yeah, I need to just chillax and <laughs> realize I'm not perfect. Um, it says Proverbs twenty eight twenty six. Those who trust in their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Connecting with others that are heading in the right direction is the key, because when you're when you're running together in the same direction and people give you instructions along the way, it helps you get better. Yeah. It helps make you a better person. And that's what we all want, right? We don't want to, you know, I would rather somebody tell me, even though it's going to hurt my feelings, I'm going to have a few minutes. So I'm gonna get over it. You know, <laughs> but that, but I would rather someone tell me than just act weird around me and not tell me. And then we just have it out in the open and we get to deal with it and we get to get move on. And that's what keeps things healthy. That's what keeps things positive. That's what keeps, because anytime you hide something, it gives the devil some place to play. Anytime you pretend like it's not right, then, then you're opening the door and saying, yeah, this is a place where you can just have some fun <laughs> in my life and the people around me. Don't worry, you know. And, and so it, it takes that place of vulnerability with someone else to be able to move forward. 
Yeah, and this, you know, this, and this isn't saying that, hey, you know what? I, we're empowering you to go out and tell people they're idiots. No. That is, this, that's, not the, that's not the thing. Like, that, that is not, that's not your, what, what, we're, what, we're, what we're saying and proposing is this idea that says, you know what? As you build relationship, yeah. iron sharpens iron. It doesn't say that you go out and just hack somebody's sword to pieces. It says that as you're in relationship and connection with these folks and you're headed in the right direction, it's like that thing with, with, with God. As you get into relationship with him, he begins to sharpen you and hone you, and he begins to make you the person that he created and called you to be. But we as individuals in the body of Christ, we work together in this thing to go forward to bring people into the kingdom. We're not out to kill people. But I'm just encouraging you that through this connection and through this opportunity to have relationships, you grow. Or you isolate yourselves and you shrink. You have family. Those are the ones that God gave you. About six, seven years ago, I did a whole series, a three-part series on friends. It says in the Word of God that we're His friend. But I'm telling you what, you need more than one friend. It's great that we have Jesus and you can exist without, without anybody else. And you could be Tom Hanks on that island with a great relationship with Jesus and you could be healthy. But if you don't have a great relationship with Jesus, I am telling you, you're lost. And there are people in your life who want to help you find that great relationship with jesus the second part of that vision is that we we love to help people find jesus and learn to love him more one part of how we do that is getting connected with you why so that when i see that you haven't been here for six months i know who you are and when i call and i say hey sam i haven't seen you for like six months dude what's up man oh i've just been going through things there are people that i recognize aren't here for two weeks three weeks it's not everybody, but just ones that God quickens to me. And I come to Corey and say, hey, hey, call that guy. Somebody that I know, Mike knows. Hey, hey, go find out where that dude is. Find out what's going on. They've been on vacation. All right. Tell him to get to church. Tell him to get hooked back up. I don't have that, necess- I don't have that personal relationship with him, but he does. Or he does. Or she does. And so it really is, I can call but that's just the pastor calling, and you'll probably just come because the pastor called. But if Megan calls you and says, you know, Sarah, I've, I've missed you. I haven't seen you in church a while, and I've been looking for you, and I've really been praying for you. Is everything okay? There's an opportunity there for you to reach in and to help make a difference. Instead of saying, you know what, I'm so busy. I hope somebody calls Sarah. God, send somebody across Sarah's path. If you're praying those kind of prayers, you probably should do it in front of a mirror because God is, God is talking to you. If you're praying those kind of prayers that say, God, send somebody by the guy who sits next to me at work. Send somebody to the person that I eat lunch with each week. God's probably trying to get your attention for you to make a connection for you to grow to a point where you can reach out and you can help somebody. We need help. We all do. The problem is we get really focused on ourselves. That's why this isolation thing works for the enemy. Because we believe we're doing good because we're spending all of our time in areas and in messages and in places where we're trying to fix us. And if we get fixed, then we'll have time maybe to help somebody else. If we get ourselves straight, then maybe we'll have time to help somebody else. That's a lie of the enemy because you'll never run out of things to fix. 
And God may be helping you and he may be growing you in these areas. And I'm not saying don't have that kind of relationship with him where you sit down and you devotionally go through the word and allow him to search your heart and to fix things and stuff. But I am telling you, it's not about you. It's about the people who are around you. He is our friend. He's given you your family to be your friend. And then you have people who are in your life who are your friend. Make sure you know that you're hanging around the right folks. Bad company corrupts good morals. Quickly. Shane, oh, he just disappeared. Shane, Shane had a post today on Facebook, and he, he, he was out of Proverbs chapter 13. And, and it was verse 20, and it says, Whoever walks with wise people will be wise, but whoever associates with fools will suffer. Whoever hangs out with wise folks will be wise, but whoever hangs out or deals with, or it's not this idea that says I don't reach out to people, but it's this thing that says, man, I slum around with the people who are. I was sharing with Mike on Sunday, and was it this week or last week? I don't remember when, when we were talking, and, and uh, he, he had some kids from the Logansport Juvenile Facility. They got out. And when they leave, man, they leave with a, with a pack, a folder, with a Bible and with their cards and their numbers and, and, and books and stuff that tells them they're important and, and points them in a direction to, to where God's going. And, you know, we can help you find a church and all of those things. So they went to this summit camp, which is up north a little bit. And I think eight, eight, eight kids at that camp were the or some that just left Logan Sport Juvenile Facility, like that quick. And he said like 201. They said, man, why? What happened? You were doing so well. How'd you end up back in here? Five minutes with my friends. Five minutes with the people I, maybe I should say the people I used to associate with because I wouldn't call those people good friends because good friends take you in a positive direction. Not a negative direction. Five minutes. All eight. Five minutes with my friends, man. And I was right back into it. I'm telling you, you want to stay strong? You want to stay sharp? You want iron to sharpen iron? Man, get into church. Get a great relationship with God. Follow after Him. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in worship. Spend time reading the Word. Doing all those things. But I'm telling you, get hooked up in one of these groups. Heck, some of you could get hooked up in five of them. You need something to do. I'm telling you, when you're addicted to stuff, you need something to do. We're going to deal with addiction on the crazy train thing here coming up. I'm telling you, get structured, get busy. Don't leave yourself alone and isolated because the enemy will eat you for lunch. John Doherty, he's, a, he's a, one of the pastors out in Tulsa at Victory Christian Center out there and he had a thing on Facebook today, too, and he just, he just, he just had this statement. said, you want to go far, go alone, or you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Do you want to go fast, or do you want to go far? We want to go far, right? I'm not saying we're going to crawl there, but don't get burned out. Don't get alone. Don't let the enemy isolate you and end up in trouble. Amen? Amen. Do you want to share that or do you want to pray? I just want to, um, I just want to encourage you. Um, these things come. 
the feeling of isolation. And, and you may not even know that you have isolated yourself. Um, when I was growing up, my parents were older. I've told you that story. But somewhere along the way when I was little, I figured out that they were going to die way before I was ready for them to go. And so, uh, like, I learned how to, well, I taught myself how to guard my heart, but not in a positive way. Like, people could come and go in my life, and I would not let anyone in. I was basically an island. And, um, like, you could, I could be with you one day and then never see you again and never think a thing about it because my heart didn't let people in. And you may not know that you're an island. You may not know that you're living this way. Until God begins to reveal it to you. And it wasn't until I met John that I even became even slightly interested in letting anyone in. And it was how he spoke when we were alone. Because we, you know, even when we were doing things that weren't right, our conversations always led to what we were going to do for God one day. And I could tell from his heart what came out of his mouth that that was something I wanted to be associated with to the point that I let him get close enough to me that it began to pull down some of those walls. And I began, you know, even like when my kids were born, I was just like, am I going to be able to allow them, because they're not going anywhere, (laughs) am I going to be able to allow them in close enough that... I will be able to be a mom to them. I mean, those were real giant concerns. I was, I was an island. I could do this entire life all by myself. I didn't need anybody. I didn't need anything. But I realized in that place that I was only going to be as good as I could be by myself. And if I couldn't receive anything from anybody else... I would only see what I see in me. And when you see yourself through other people's eyes, when you let people into your life, and that's what this is about, letting people into your heart, into your life, then you begin to change. And, you know, we, he cracked open the door a little bit and then Daniel did a little bit more and then Rachel did and you know but we weren't great in the beginning we just knew we wanted to follow God and love him one of us was and do stuff (laughs) we weren't great in the beginning (laughs) and we didn't know we didn't know how to get there but we put ourselves under people who did Mm -hmm. and we let you know We let Pastor Pam and Bill speak into our lives. I mean, they were our parents. We were open to let them. And then we began to be open to let other people speak into our lives. And we began to to receive what they were telling us. Instead of being that island all by yourself. Some of you have put yourself in such a place that because you've been hurt or because you don't want to be hurt, you're living on an island all by yourself. Yeah. And the only good that you can get out of it is what you can produce mm-hmm. yourself. So tonight I want to pray for you 
But if you're on, if you close yourself off, if there's nothing that can get in because you're afraid of the hurt, that God pulls down those walls tonight, that he begins to chip away at them so that you can be free enough to love other people and to let other people love you. Because until you get to that place, you're trapped. And so, you know, that, that's why we give these opportunities so that you can begin to, to know other people. And you can begin to get in positions where people can speak into your life what you need. You can't do this alone. You weren't made to. You weren't made to be an island. As big and tough and bold and strong as you think you are. You can't do this alone. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.